0: Palina Lau is here with World Watch. Uh, Kia ora, Nine people have been pulled from the rubble in Turkey.
1: Kia ora, Max. One confused woman who miraculously survived under the rubble for about 230 hours asked her rescuers, what day is it? Another 77-year-old woman was also among the miraculous rescues, defying predictions that almost all hope was gone after more than nine days. Earlier, teams elsewhere in southern Turkey said they were still hearing the voices of trapped people. Medical experts say it's very unusual for people to survive more than 100 hours in rubble, and in Turkey, and Syria, the temperature at night has been plummeting to freezing temperatures. But on the other hand, the freezing cold may, in an odd way, be helping as it reduces the need for water. And
0: yet operations in both Turkey and Syria, they are clearly shifting to recovery and caring for those who urgently need clean water, food and shelter. Trucks filled with aid packages are slowly making their way into rebel-held parts of Syria, but much, much more is needed. And indeed, the help that's needed in Turkey as well is untold, particularly for vulnerable children. The UN estimates 4.6 million children in Turkey, 2.5 million in Syria have been affected by the quakes. The impact on many of them has been catastrophic. Earlier, I spoke to UNICEF's Chief of Child Protection in Turkey, James Gray.
2: Our immediate priority is ensuring that they receive whatever support they need, and um, and for children, um, ensuring their safety and their stability and, and their care. I head up the child protection side of things, so we're very much focused on ensuring um, psychosocial well-being, their mental health needs are addressed, and providing safe. Bases for them. We have worked to um, evacuate with the government of Turkey children from state care to safe locations. We are working as well to ensure that unaccompanied and separated children are, are identified and reunified with the parents if possible, or at least cared for. And we're also working um, to, to assess the, the damage to water stations and services um, health and nutrition and education needs as well.
0: Yeah, as well as those necessities like clean water, foods, shelter, how, how have you found generally that, uh, that children are coping in the wake of this earthquake?
2: I mean, it's been an incredibly distressing um, event for them. The scale and the scope of um, the, the devastation is enormous. And children have been, um, obviously, the physical injuries they've experienced as a result of the earthquake, but um, the mental health impact is enormous and will be enormous. They've been separated from families and have lost friends, family members, their homes, everything that's normal and stable and and everyday to them um, has gone. We're hearing and seeing cases of um, real anxiety and stress, reports of children struggling with sleep and concentration. and also phobias related to the earthquake. So a fear of being inside buildings, and even if buildings are damaged or safe, people are still choosing to sleep outside, and it's minus 7, minus 10 at nighttime. Even during the daytime, it's barely getting over zero degrees. So there's a real phobia about buildings and, and being indoors and also noises you know, linked to, to what they heard and what they, they felt in the earthquake.
0: What about in the longer term? What about education for instance? Is that going to be important to provide?
2: Absolutely. I mean we're really focusing on now um, in terms of the immediate response but also providing and um, stability in care for children and stability comes with a return to education. Um, it comes with, with routine and structure in children's lives. So well, we will be focusing as UNICEF on um, ensuring continuity of, of learning. Many schools have been destroyed, but we can provide temporary learning spaces or mobile classrooms or rehabilitate schools. But also, we're looking at—we're um, already setting up child-friendly spaces. So this is an immediate response. Um, children are in um, staying in buildings and, and hotels and sports halls and temporary accommodation centers wherever they can. So um, providing some structure um, and and rhythm um, in their day is, is crucial. So these child-friendly spaces are a form of doing that. Um, it's a physical, safe, protective environment, but also with recreational activities, play, support, providing psychosocial counseling. Um, And just trying to to offer children an opportunity to reconnect with friends or receive support or, you know, have fun, relax, whatever, whatever they they can do or whatever they need to do. But um, we're really focused on on trying to minimize some of the mental health impacts um, on children by providing stability and ensuring that they have care.
0: Now, obviously, I imagine the situation is a little different, a little harder in Syria, but have you found it difficult getting the right sort of help to the people who need it most?
2: Yes, uh, the impact so far, I mean, the the response so far has been very much around the uh, um, rescue and recovery, the search and rescue. Um, and now, more than a week into it, um, we're, we're really scaling up our efforts in terms of the relief side of things. Um, But the access remains challenging. You know, so many areas are um, devastated by the earthquake. Some areas are inaccessible. But also providing relief um, through organizations who themselves have been incredibly affected. A lot of our um, partners in southern Turkey and the affected areas have lost staff themselves. So the NGOs we work with or our government counterparts, they've lost staff or their staff are injured Or their staff uh, are traumatised and shocked themselves.
1: That was Max Toll speaking to UNICEF's Chief of Child Protection in Turkey, James Gray.